Hello and welcome to the newest episode of Black Hills Influence. We really appreciate you taking your time and spending it with us. I am Brian. This is... I am Chris. We are talking today a little bit about something that I believe is kind of mysterious in some people's lives. Um, Leadership. Not so much a coined phrase of, I need to be a leader, but trying to look at things in a clearer sense of what makes a good leader. I, it's very interesting. We'll talk about this in a few minutes to where you can have the conversation of not every manager, boss, head of household is a great leader, and you don't have to be a manager, boss, head of household to be the leader. Right. If that makes sense. Um, so I'm going to, we're going to do kind of a, a peppering of questions here with Chris and just kind of get into a general discussion of it. We do not have an article for today because I didn't want to cloud it with a list of what somebody else thinks a good leader is. Because mm-hmm. I think there's some varying definitions based on who you are and who you might need as a leader. And then I think it's interesting to look at too of how you can be a better leader based on the traits and the skills that you already have. Sounds great. Throw this over to Chris first. What, in your eyes, makes a good leader at the workplace? Well, Brian. And you can maybe start with not no names, but an example of a bad leadership. We can kind of start there. So a bad leader, I would say, wow, that's really opening it up. Um, Well, Brian. A good leader and a bad leader, it it all depends on your perception on what you think is a good leader versus a bad leader. Are you basing that off of the performance of the company, the overall morale of the people that work there, or you know what I mean? Like I I think it goes into all the above, because I think a good leader can take all that into consideration. I think you can lead a high morale team with high ethics and high like sales rate, let's say, while also combining that with meeting sales goals from a company perspective. Absolutely. Does that make sense? Yep. So I think a good leader puts all that into one and expresses it as needed. Well, Brian, based on my experience, I think a good leader has a good balance of, you know, discipline, uh, delegation, those types of things. Um, You know, a leader takes responsibility of the group and each individual person. Um, You know, they personally vet those people in, like a vetting process. And one that, like I said, takes responsibility of of the fails uh, that they encounter or the speed bumps that they encounter. But they also, they're the ones that have the experience that are working along with the people that they're in charge of, and they lead them by their example, not just, I'm the boss, I'm going to take the credit for it, thanks for your hard work, now I get a bonus, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, you know, going back to touch on something you mentioned, responsibility, which I think is a huge thing. They're... I have had very close contact with great leaders and terrible leaders and the great ones, not necessarily, they won't, I'm not saying they'll take a fall for a uh, team member's actions, not saying that. No. But they will hold everybody that is accountable, accountable. Yep. Meaning, 
you're not going to play favorites with this person over this person when they both might they both might have done the same action, right. good or bad. Um, but at the end of the rainbow, they like you said, they will lead by by they, doing. Yeah, they'll lead by doing. They'll lead with a good example and take responsibility for the whole team, um, but then also lift everybody up. Right. Too. So I think a leader, too, has to have some sort of vision. They have to know that they're the ones that are steering the ship. They yeah, need to, absolutely. You need to have the game plan, and they're the ones that are the ones that make that decision of, we're going to do this versus this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think... You know, a good leader has to have some sort of vision and a plan to to realize that vision. And that's kind of what I was talking about, to where if a good leader has the ability to take that vision, break it down into maybe smaller goals or smaller steps or smaller whatever, um, and be able to depict that to the team, whether it be sales, whether it be in a retail situation, you know, whatever the case may be, building a house, for God's sake, you could make tons of examples. Right. Um, the good leader has that long game vision, um, and they'll put that down into people underneath them as well. Right. And I think with leaders too, they have a better feel for who they have on their team. Yeah. You know, using, using your people to their best advantage, so to say. Right. So if person A under you only does a certain task better than everybody else. You mm-hmm. want them to compliment you in that versus, well, I have eight people. I'm just going to have them all pound sand at the same time. You know what I mean? That doesn't do you any good. Like it doesn't do you any good. You you want to be able to feel and know exactly what you're working with and use that to the best of your ability and the best of their abilities to accomplish that goal efficiently. Yeah. It's, it's the term get in where you fit in. Right. A good team works together very well, obviously. Yeah. There's no infighting between members of the team. There's nobody stabbing each other in the back. And a quality, high leadership team, exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not everybody's trying to do the same job, whatever the case may be. Right. You're good at this. I want you to do this. So yeah. And then don't and, worry and don't about worry anything about else. the rest of it. Correct. Exactly. Correct. Yeah. And, and that's where... You know, there's a little bit of a like a science or a social science that leaders should have to a point where they're like, okay, I know this person works well doing this. I know this person works well under pressure. I know this person does this or this person struggles here. You know what I mean? Yeah. They they need to know where everybody's at in the puzzle. And they're the they're the ones that put the puzzle together. And the other people under them might not know the big picture, you know. They might have an idea what the big picture is, but they don't know exactly how the team is going to get there. They know they're going to get there, but you know what I'm saying? Right. They might not have the long-term vision that the leader does. I think what's interesting, too, is not only does a leader, quality leader, need to have the vision like we talked about, the responsibility like we talked about, but also has to have the skill set of the industry that they're in, obviously, because you have to kind of know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Within a sense, but you also need to have these kind of social um, skills to read people, to understand the empathy that some people need, to understand the different motivation factors that go into different team members. Yes. Um, but touching on my notes here, I think motivation is a big thing as well. You know, when you look at this from a sales perspective, let's say, 
and you have eight people on your sales staff, those eight people at the end of the day all have different motivations for why they are there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we talk about somebody's why, in order to be an effective leader, in my opinion, you need to know a good idea what everybody's why is. Some people, their why, why are they in sales? So they can make the most money they possibly can, which is fine. Some people's why they are in sales is so they have more free time depending on the type of sales job, right? So I think a good leader has to know the whole team more so than just their industry and the skills that come with that, but also has the social skills as well um, to make up that whole team and bring them all together. Right. Yeah, they get, they have to be able to connect the dots mm-hmm. and and put the pieces where they need to go. Yeah. And you can't, as much as you try, put a circle in a square or vice versa. You know what I mean? Oh, you know yeah. Regardless there? of... Regardless of whatever it is. Yeah. You can't have the electrician do all the plumbing. You can't, you know, have whatever. <laughs> it's all the same. Like, yeah, sure, everyone can paint, but not everyone can do perfect team. Not everybody can paint well. Right. Exactly. So all you do um, yourselfers. <laughs> story of my life. Just saying. Um, Chris, give me an example of a leadership trait that you think you have that somebody else might not have. I don't have any traits. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> um, that other people don't have? Wow. That maybe, let me rephrase Maybe that. that we don't see as often. How about that? Maybe a trait you haven't seen in a leader that you've had in the past. That's fair. Not to demean a leader you've had in the past. That's not what I'm asking. Or maybe the better question is, what is a trait that you wish a leader would have had that you were lacking, which caused you to leave or something? You really put me on the spot. Well, the reason here. here's the reason why I asked this question is it's like common sense. Common sense is not that common, unfortunately. In my opinion, this region, the industries that we talk about in general, are lacking quality leadership mm-hmm. because in some cases it's the good old boy club. Sure. To where owners' friends get promoted, somebody plays favorites along the way, or Unfortunately, this happens a lot that I have seen. Take it to a sales perspective. In my opinion, it's a terrible idea to promote the best salesman to the leader. Here's why. When you are the best salesman, as a leader, you have to recognize that maybe he or she is good at sales because they enjoy sales. When I transitioned from being a salesperson to a director of sales position, which put me in charge of, depending on the time of year, eight to 15 people, I lost a little bit of that sales uh, drive that I had. Sure. Because it turned into more of a babysitting job right. than it did sales. Does that make sense? Yep. Um. And I think that happens more often than we think it does when, in some cases, you're better off leaving 
the top producing salesperson as a salesperson. It's good for the company because they're making money. It's good for them because maybe they're wise to make as much money as possible. You know, what you can go down the line and make whatever you want to say. Right. But I think in some cases, there are so many companies or groups or whatever that are underdeveloping the talent they already have on their staff. Sure. That they are, there's a hidden gold nugget somewhere on their sales team, Mm -hmm. on their development team, on their staff already, that could be one of the best leaders they've ever had, but they're not willing to take the time to uh, culture them and train them and whatever. Right. And put them in that position where they need to. Yeah, I'm with you. So what I would want, you know, something I've wanted in a leader is one that has full transparency with their communication and what they're doing. There's a respect, that. there's a respect level too. I yeah, mean, there's absolutely. like, you, you can't know everything, but at least be transparent enough that, Hey, you need to do these things. There's a reason for that. And I'm going to tell you what those reasons are Yeah. versus you just need to do it because I told you, you need to do it. Well, yeah. You know what I mean, cause that is too, that's a, that's a boss, not a leader. Correct. Cause a leader would tell you why, a boss would tell you too. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, I love that. A transparency piece is you know, great. Th- I think a transparency piece is huge. And then the other part is what we talked about earlier, having a little bit of nepotism is, well, we've always had this person do this, so we're just going to keep on doing that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to keep doing what we've always done because that's what we've always done. Right. It's only going to get us where we've always been. There's, there's no way for growth and everyone gets... We have a we have a virus called complacency. Yeah. And people are, you know, hey, we had a great year. Why would we change that? Why would we do anything different? You know, that and, and that can kill people. Yeah. Well it goes back to being fat and happy. Like that, that can from kill a company. Yeah, standpoint. that can kill your business because you're not wanting to innovate. I think innovation is one of the biggest things that companies can do to help themselves grow and be ahead of the curve Adapt before everybody die. else. Absolutely. Die. You know, another piece that I want to talk about is the, the ability to have tough conversations and be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because sometimes you may have that top salesperson behind closed doors. They might be the biggest POS there is. <laughs> sure. Or they don't get along with anybody. They don't play nice with if, others. If that person is a cancer to the team, right. regardless of money, sales that's coming in, you got to cut them. Yeah. Long-term goal, it's not going to help your company whatsoever. Correct. You know, and it comes down to, well, I'm too scared because they are making us money. They are performing. Sure. But what do we do? From a team standpoint, they're terrible for the team. Right. If it was just one salesperson in one company, like that's all you have, yeah, then okay, <laughs> you got to figure it out. You got to figure it out. Hire or somebody else. If you have a team, it, it's hard to have a team gel together and work together and be like, "Hey, I will help you work on your sales pitch or whatever." Whatever, sure. There becomes a clash somewhere where we are so competitive, not only with each other but ourselves. That if you have that one person, it's like, why would I help you? I'm the top salesperson. I have money to make. 
You know what I mean? So in a team perspective, yeah, there needs to needs to be a little bit more give and adaptability to those other people because sometimes those underperformers might develop a skill or a trait that the top salesperson doesn't have. Well, and that's the thing, going back to quality leadership. I think a good leader would be able to see the trait that's the potentially top salesperson might be missing mm-hmm. that could be fulfilled with a lower performing salesperson in this example. But that is a quality of good leadership. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, moving on from that conversation where we might need to fill holes in the team or whatever the case may be, from a business owner standpoint, what would you say is a quality that is a must with, say, a small team, three to four employee type company um, where the owner is also the only salesperson or whatever the case may be? Mm-hmm. What's a good trait that they need to have? I want to say adaptability. Because it's such a small team? Because everything. The environment changes, the trends change, the like economy the changes, economy changes, the everything. Sure. They need to be able to adapt. They need to, like I said, I think innovation is probably one of the biggest things a company can do and focus on, you know, and even for leaders, they need to focus on not just the day-to-day things. They need to have that long-term goal and figure out how to get there each day yeah and and you know you make the transition or we kind of made the transition in the conversation from talking about a sales team but now we're talking about from like a business owner small company standpoint right it still goes back to vision mm-hmm. a little bit of that to where you need to be transparent and be able to have that vision conversation with somebody um so everybody on the team is on the same page at the end of the day end of the week whatever the case may be and, and not only with their team but their clients slash customers. Oh, absolutely. So I guess a great, you know, there's, there is so many businesses out there and God love you for, for being an entrepreneur and doing it on your own. Like it's hard. It is a tough, tough world out there. I'm going to give a little hint from a guy that wants to help you. If you are running your own business and you have a business phone number, answer it, when it rings. What a concept. Or if it goes to voicemail, call them back very quickly. Yeah. There's too many businesses out there that they get a bid or a bunch of jobs and line it up. Yeah. And they're like, well, we're booked for the next three months. And then they ignore the phone. They turn their phones off. Yeah. Shut their pipeline down. They, they completely shut it off until they're done with those jobs and then they have nothing. Correct. Happens all the time. It frustrates not only me as a consumer, but as someone who wants to help them. Yeah. On on an influencer or just any sort of marketing help. Yeah. Have someone, whether it's you or someone on your team or something, someone dedicated to that communication line, whether you just run your stuff on Facebook or any social media Whatever. platform, yeah, yeah. or just emails, or the phone. Have someone there to answer those phones, answer those questions, because more often than not, you're going to get someone that inquires about something, and if so- if someone answers them, you're already ahead of the game. 
with that. Well, and look at it this way. Let's say, excuse me, I'm a roofing contractor, right? Sure. You're, you shouldn't be, in my opinion, putting any roofs on. In the middle of winter. In the middle of winter. Right. But you should be taking phone calls right now. To plan for spring. To plan your spring because, I mean, I haven't got my hail fixed yet from last summer. Right. And I know a hundred other people haven't either. But if you just lay over and die from a communication standpoint, what good is that? I'll find and, somebody else. And the respect is, and, and that's the thing, like as a consumer, if I call someplace and they don't answer yep. or they don't call me back. I'll find the next one. I'm go- I'm calling the next one on the list. Google is very easy to use and to find somebody else. Right. So I implore all of you that are listening, if you are running your own business and you have some form of communication, which that should be a number one thing that you have. What a concept. Please, please, for the love of God, answer the phone. Answer the phone. Answer your phone. Yeah, that's all that's, I'm asking. That's a real thing. And and it's you a know, real problem. And the transparency of that too is, hey, thank you for calling. Like I am very grateful that you are potentially giving me business. We're booked up for three months or whatever amount of time it is. Yeah. You, if there is a cancellation or something else that there's a break in the action. Can I call you and get you in? Can I put you on my list? Yep. Can we just book this now? Yeah. Like a, a very good friend of mine runs an auto body repair shop. They are so backed up from the same hailstorms that I was talking about. They're out till next May, June, July, sure. twenty twenty one. <clears throat> Not taking into consideration your everyday accident, your deer hits, the hail that's going to come next year. You know. But the story is, if you call him today. It's going to be that to where, hey, we're scheduled out till, you know, the whenever. second week in June, whatever the heck it is. Do you want us to put you on the schedule for the second week in June? Or do you want me to call you if something comes up and we have a spare week that happens to come up? And you can make that decision. The problem is, from a consumer standpoint, everybody's that busy. Everybody that's good mm-hmm. is that busy. From right. like an auto body repair, for example. Yep. Um, you know, and going back to leadership, it takes a great leader to be able to see yourself and your staff through that kind of commotion. Right. And, you know, I read something, I can't remember where I read it, but entrepreneurs, they have, they have to find a balance because one week you can make $3,000. Sure. I'm just pulling a number. Yeah, Yeah. The next week you're making only 300. Yeah. So you have to be able to find a balance. You have to be able to counter the 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 valleys and the peaks, you know? Well, and and that's the everyday life of entrepreneurship, right? Right. Um the ones that can handle the valleys and the peaks make it. You know, and then they have to worry about leadership when they start getting their own employees, but the ones that don't make it, unfortunately, most likely they go back into the the workforce, right? As normal employees somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting going off of that topic is as an entrepreneur myself, if I know if something doesn't work out, whatever the case may be, and I go back to another company to work for them, I, as an employee at that time, as a team member, would have more empathy than your average person would towards 
leadership mm-hmm. at that company, right? Because you right. you kind of been there. Um, and I bring that up because I wanted to kind of segue to empathy, the empathy of your staff to be a good leader. I think you need to have empathy from a human standpoint as to what's going on in somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Now, there's obviously a, a cut loose point there if somebody is. There, there's a lot going on in this world right now, Brian. I totally agree. And we're all going through it, Absolutely. Right? But a, I think a good leader can bring people through that too. And I think a, a good leader can bring everyone together. Correct. Right now, we're all fighting our own battles. Yep. We all have stuff going on right now. Right. We all have stuff. And I think a leader can read that, read Correct. a situation, and also read their people mm-hmm. and say, we have a common goal. Let's get together and make this work. Mm-hmm. And and the leader is almost the same as the hype person. They're the person that's jumping up at the tailgate party. To try and bring them back. Like, we need to go. Like, we need to be that push. I am 100%. Now, that's a big number. <laughs> that's a whole number. That's a whole number. 100%. I am behind anybody. If I am on their team and they are hyped up, they're excited about what they're doing, they're excited about their mission, they're excited about their vision, they're like, we are going to sell a million things of toilet paper, guys. This is going to be the coolest thing ever. We are going to wipe asses all day. Whatever. I'm in. I am in. If they're jumping up, they're waving their arms, they're getting big, like, they are so hyped and they could yell at you and be like, you want to try that? It. Let's go. That's the guy I want to work for. I agree. Not well. Well, everybody, we sold nine hundred fifty thousand things of toilet paper, and uh, we are going to accelerate our production by eliminating a few of our obstacles, and <laughs> we're we're going to sell more. Who who do you want to work for? I totally agree. And are you the leader, if you are in the leadership position, whether it's toilet paper sales, marketing, marketing, making whatever, building, whatever, whatever it is, if you are on the top, if you are the top guy making the big bucks, you need to believe in your product and you need to believe in your people Mm -hmm. and you need to sell that more than anything else in the company. I agree. Now, what's interesting though Going back to your analogy of the hyped up leadership versus the monotone leadership, that is a failure, in my opinion, from an ownership standpoint. The monotone leader should not be should a not leader. be the guy in front of people. They you can be in oh man, I don't want to put anybody down. I don't mean this to do that. You can be in like an operations role where you're strictly looking at statistics and data and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. But that person in that example isn't a big motivator for a sales team or a distribution team or whatever the case may be. Whatever it is. Brian, I'm going to turn the tables here. Oh. What do you think? I mean, you asked me these questions. I'm going to turn it around. For leadership. For leadership. I'm going to turn that around a little. Because you put in your input there, too. We've expounded on what we want. What is something that you wish you had as a leader? Like as me as a leader or a leader that I had that was missing something? That. 
missing something. Yeah. What what your <laughs> the biggest the biggest faults that I've ever had um, when I was not in a leadership role. Uh, when I was on a, let's say a sales team or even going back to my younger years when I was on a mixture of different teams, there's two different things that always come to mind for me. There's um, a missing uh, trait of empathy and patience, meaning from an empathy standpoint, I didn't have a lot going on on a personal level. Sure. But I knew a lot of their team members did. And unfortunately, even after those team members were to bring something up to leadership, hey, having a tough time at home, I know I've had a bad 60 days, let's say, in sales. Too bad, so sad. We're not cutting you a break. That drives me nuts because the human in everybody is more valuable to me than any job, any sale, anything right so you're investing in your people yeah and And that and and i think that's that's a quality that a lot of people forget too yeah and that's i mean it's 100 percent one of the reasons why i am the way i am today with my business um i value people's time more than i probably should to almost to a fault it's because everybody only has 24 hours. Your 24 hours is not more valuable than my 24 hours is, and I respect every moment that you spend with me, mm-hmm. whether it's sitting here with me today like you always do or an employee coming in for eight hours a day or a client taking a half hour out of the day to meet with me, whatever, I try and get, I try and give as much value as I can to that person in that time. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. But from an empathy standpoint, I think it's it's not necessarily a leadership issue at the end of the day. I think it's just a normal people problem to where we are now accustomed to, and whether I agree or disagree, maybe not might not be important in this conversation, we are accustomed now to fend for yourself and everybody else can take a hike. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said, whether we agree or disagree doesn't matter. I... Me personally, I try and do more sometimes for other people than I do for myself, mm-hmm. right? Because it goes back to me valuing people and whatever. So an empathy is a huge thing that I was missing. Um, and the other piece of it kind of talks on responsibility, but kind of talks towards um, mm-hmm. like a favoritism debate. Mm-hmm. And 95% of the time, it wasn't even me being favored over the other person or me not being favored over the other person. It was just me witnessing it and noticing what would happen to the whole team's demeanor slash morale when they realized what was actually going on. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Right. Because I like to look at the entire picture of what's happening because a rising tide raises all boats, right? So if the whole team is doing better from a human standpoint, whether the factors are from inside work or outside work, from favoritism or from having a terrible home life or whatever, Mm -hmm. that bugs me and it can bring me down as a person. So when a leader is lacking the responsibility or the ability to not favor one person over the other, that brings me down. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yep. Um, Where does that come from? 
like I said, just having bad experiences on various teams and whatever. And I think a part of that is the way I grew up too. You know, even like in school and like high school, you know, there's teachers that have favorites, yeah. right? <laughs> I, woo wee, I was never one of them. Not saying I was a bad kid, but I wasn't saying I was a good kid either. Right. But what I noticed though at a very young age is the kids that were being favorited, that had favoritism towards them, it would bring down the other kids in the class. Not me, right. but I uh, that bugged me for those other kids. Mm-hmm. Right? So it kind of shaped me into who I am today to try and be better as a leader myself um, because I've seen how that affects people. Sure. I think another quality that we haven't really touched on is having an open mind. Oh, for sure. And, you know, with that... That's a great point. You know... Something that drives me nuts nuts about leaders is sometimes they don't give their employees or their teams a voice yeah. or a platform to it's a great be like, point. hey, I value your input. What do you think of this versus this is what we're going to do. Get on board. Like it or get out. Right. And if you value your people your investment is you're going to make a lot more money because your people are happier. They're going to want to perform better. They're going to want to come to work. First of all. (laughs) Yeah. They're going to want to do all of those things that are going to accelerate your success. Love that. It's a great point. Um, You're right. You're a hundred percent correct in the fact that some leaders um, don't get any input from Mm -hmm. the team. Not saying you have to do what the team says, but you have to let the team be heard. Right. You got to give them a voice. Because if they don't have a voice, then they feel that they're not, exactly, they're not heard. Yeah. And then, well, why would I want to do more than the minimum? Correct. Right? Why would I ever want to do that if you're not going to listen to me or you're not going to hear me out? And what's interesting is in that moment, if you allow the team team member, you know, whatever the case may be, to be heard and you disagree with them, I think it could bring up a very productive conversation. Right. And be able to have that dialogue. Not not comfortable discussion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think that's the other part, that's the other piece of it is if you got to be open to the criticism, you got to be open to other ideas and with your employees, they might say, well, no, I don't think that's more efficient or whatever. Well, and especially if the boss is trying to dictate a way an employee or team does something, mm-hmm. right? Because the employees are the ones that are in the trenches every single day. Right. You go into any successful restaurant in town, sometimes when the boss is not the line cook or in the kitchen, sometimes that boss shouldn't be telling the kitchen how to run. Right. Does that make sense? Yep. And that happens a lot, not in a restaurant standpoint, to where there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And everybody's trying to be in charge. Well, the leader needs to be in charge and get the right team below that. Right. Yep. I think, you know, just, just to be able to be open, whether that's open to conversations with your employees, like, hey, if you have something you want to talk about, 
bring it up. To bring me. it up. Let's I am, talk. I am in, you know, the whole open door policy, I think is kind of cliche now. It's super cliche. And the problem is no, I shouldn't say no one, but a lot of people in my experience just say that and not walk that line. If you have, if you are a boss or a leader of a team and you have people that are scared to come to you with a suggestion or a question or a problem, you are the problem. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you might not even know. You might say, hey, I have an open door. You come talk to me anytime, anytime. Anything you want. Let's go. And you have to be able to communicate with your people effectively. effectively. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you're just like, yeah, I'm the GM or I'm, the CEO. I'm the man piss on everybody else. That's not good. Right. If if your guys can't come talk to you, or girls, I should say, if your people can't come and talk to you, you're going to lose out huge because someone else is going to take the time to hear them. Correct. The leadership vacuum gets filled one way or another. That's what I was talking about earlier, to where you have the opportunity to be a leader on any team without maybe even having that title as the leader. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I think that's something that gets lost on somebody that's in the team. Leave the leaders out of it. But somebody in the team might need to fill that leadership vacuum for people, whether it be on a one-on-one standpoint or whatever the case may be. With the right self-training, that person will excel, whether in your company or not in your company. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting to me. Yeah. All right. Well, as we wrap things up here, we really want to just thank you all for taking a listen and having part of your day with us. If you have any questions or topics that you want us to talk about on here, you can check out our website, blackhillsinfluence.com, or hit up our Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you. Again, thank you so much. Again, this is Chris. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. This is Brian. Bye.